the Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Right on. Well, thank you, man, for uh, for taking the time. We have Dave Lombardo on the Toddcast Podcast here in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, Dave, for this, of course, we're going to talk about the the film that you just scored. But I, before we get to that, I want to go back to the beginning before you were in any bands. And I'm wondering, what's the music in the Lombardo house as a kid growing up? Like, what are the bands that your parents are exposing you to? Oh, geez. Well, my mom, you know, I mean, growing up, I mean, when I, as a young child, you know, going into my, in my teens, uh, you know, she'd have the radio on, of course, you know, Spanish, you know, radio stations and, um, you know, and, and so she would listen to music throughout the day. So music was always being played, you know, throughout the house. And what was, I think, very influential, I guess, to me, uh, you know, growing up in a, in, in a household, in a Cuban household, were these uh, uh, Cuban get-togethers uh, that we would attend uh, at these, you know, uh, social clubs that, you know, Cubans would be a part of, you know, there's, there's, there would be this hall, you know, usually the hall contains this, you know, has a stage yeah. and, uh, you know, some of the halls had kitchens and, and they would cook and, you know, offer, you know, Cuban delicacies and, and, uh, and things like that on the weekends for families, you know, and my, my family would go there, they play dominoes, you know, uh, Cuban games and just socialize and listen to music. But sometimes on Sundays, like around four o'clock, they would have these, uh, they would call, uh, um, oh, geez, uh, the, the word was on the tip of my tongue. Um, uh, anyways, they would have these bands play in the middle of they're called matinees. Okay. And so they, they would have a band play and, um, you know, sometimes it would be a rock band or a band that would play a combination of rock music and or, uh, you know, Cuban music uh, or, or bands like Santana or, or you know, in that, in that style and in, in that genre. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember one particular time where I was, my mom was looking for me. I mean, there's probably 100 people, 150 people at this event. And uh, she's looking around, thinking I'm, you know, playing with other kids my age. And, uh, but I wasn't. I was backstage, sitting <laughs> on a piano stool, watching the drummer yeah. and, and percussionist. Because, you know, these bands would carry not only uh, a traditional trap set drummer, but they would have, uh, uh, you know, uh, percussionists, uh, bongo players, uh, conga players, or uh, timbales, and... Yeah. You know, um, so I'd be watching, you know, those guys. So the upbringing before I got into my own music and discovered my own music, I was very much exposed to to cultural, you know, music. And so which were the first bands to really grab a hold of you then? Oh, at that at that time, uh, you know, it really wasn't, you know, anybody known at that time, you know, of those bands, they were just like cover bands. But let's say, I mean, at home, my mom would listen to Celia Cruz, uh, Benny Moray, and these are like very, you know, the golden age of, of Cuban music, you know, artists. And they, uh, 
Tito Puente. Okay. Although he's not Cuban, he was Puerto Rican. Yeah. Uh, but he was one hell of a percussionist. And uh, and then as I started getting into music, uh, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, had one of the most amazing record collections that I could ever, you know, come across, you know, at that age. And it, it consisted of uh, jazz, blues, and Latin jazz, as well as traditional Cuban dance music mm. uh, and folkloric music. So this guy was an absolute lover of, of music in general. So having him in my life and exposing me to different styles and bands uh, was unbelievable. In the 70s, I was exposed to um, Fania All-Stars and uh, uh, Paris Prado. And, uh, many, just the list goes on. I would have to sit there and go through, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Know, to, you know, it's, it's a lot. That's a, a pretty influential guy to have in your life at that point of uh, a point of your life. Yes, and he would laugh at me. I'd I'd play him. Oh, listen to Kiss. You know, <laughs> oh, check out Parasite. Parasite on the live album. You know, yeah. which was my fir- the first album I ever bought. Same. And I said, listen, man, it has like a like 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 kind of a Latin groove, you know. And I would sing it to it. And he'd laugh at me, you know, and ah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, he, he'd turn around and play something else for me, you know. So we'd, ha- we'd have these, you know, kind of, you know, sharing moments of, of music that we would discover and, and obviously, you know, you know, mess with each other about, oh, I don't like that shit. Oh, forget yeah. about that. That ain't music, you know, and so. <laughs> It was it was awesome. That's it fun. Was a good time. And, and how old yeah, were yeah. you when you started to you know get into bands and and actually take it serious? Uh, 12, 12. 11, 12, 13. Wow. Yes, basically the when I was interested in drums, I think since birth. Yeah. Uh, I remember there were there was a a set of bongos lying around the house, and uh, in fourth grade. No, no, it was it was third grade. There was a, a show and tell day, so it's some uh, or or a share day, something that you know right. you bring to school and you share it with your with your uh, classmates with so, your yeah. uh, you know with with the kids at school. And uh, there was this one time that I brought uh, into school uh, a, a pair of bongos and and a Santana record and performed in front of my class. Awesome. And I, I think with that attention or something about that moment just fueled my passion to continue to perform in front of, you know, people. Mm. And then uh, in fourth grade, I got into the marching drum and into the school band. And I took the marching drum and I laid it on it. I sat it on a chair in an angle with the bongos sitting on top of the marching drum. So I wasn't wearing the marching drum. I had it like leaning up a certain way, propped up on a chair, yep. and then the bomb goes on top, and I would create these patterns and just play around, you know, in my garage like that. And uh, so it, it just went on from there. Mm. I mean, it, it was just it was a constant evolution of of passion for for the instrument and music in general. And what was the first concert that you attended? How old were you? Uh well, I was in ninth grade, so about fourteen. 15, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe about 14 where I was, 
I went to Ted Nugent. Wow. Scorpions were opening up for Ted Nugent wow. at the Los Angeles Sports Arena. And uh, so I went to that concert. And then after that, I think I went to Judas Priest and Dio. And um, yeah, then I, then I started getting, oh, I saw ACDC for those about to rock. And then my taste and interest in music changed. And uh, and I started getting into punk. Mm. I got to see GBH. I got to see the UK subs. Um, just I just got into punk in general. And, mm. and then around that time, I mean, I had a couple bands. I was playing in a couple bands at that time. In in ninth grade, I had a band called uh, uh, Escape. And then uh, then that turned into when I got into high school. In about tenth grade, I uh, changed the name from Escape to to Sabotage, mm. and then uh, left that band, and and then uh, you know uh, met Carrie, and King, uh, yeah. it you know history history went on from there. Yeah, and what was it that, that uh, why the change to punk? Was it a specific person or? No, yeah, it was Hanneman. Hanneman okay. had yeah. shaved his head and, and brought to to rehearsal all these punk records and punk music was was the i guess a culmination of, of everything i was searching out as a kid um whenever there was a song on the radio that had a certain aggression or feeling or a certain excitement i would search that record out and you know uh like for example there was a song i heard on the radio as a kid uh, from from Zeppelin, and it was I'd never heard the song before, and it was called the Wonton Song. Yes, and I was wow, this is this is heavy as fuck. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was man, this is heavy. Yeah. Uh, and and I remember going to a friend's house, and hey, do you know this song called the Wonton Song? Have you heard of it? And he said no. I said, do you have any Zeppelin records? And he says, oh, yeah, I got a couple there. So I went through them and. I couldn't find it. Then later I found out that it was on physical graffiti, purchased it and loved it and absorbed and listened to that, to, to, to that album, you know, religiously. Yeah. Uh, so, so punk music was all the, the style that I loved, which is heavy, powerful, aggressive, angry. And, uh, so it kind of filled that, need for that style of music. So I gravitated toward that. Mm -hmm. It was just something I enjoyed. That's a thanks, Jeff, for bringing that in. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, Slayer would have been, a, you know, a whole different band if punk music didn't influence us. We would have been totally different. Yeah. So it was that magic moment that Hammett, that Hanneman brought into into rehearsal that changed everything and what were those early early days of of slayer like uh fearless didn't care about what anybody thought you know we were we wanted fame we wanted success we wanted to be on top of our game we wanted to blow away every band that come across you know you know, that we would play on stage mm -hmm. with. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very typical. You just want to, you know, at that age, you want to rule the world. And, you know, we had the tools and had the means and, you know, that's what we tried to do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, dude. Quite the career. Let's get into this scoring the film. How how does this compare or how does this differ to recording an album with Slayer, with Dead Cross? Uh, the film is called Los Ultimos Fricus? Freak, oh, yeah, like Freakies. Freakies. Freakies okay. is basically what it is. So they, how, that's what, uh, how does that compare? It's what Cubans called metalheads. Right. How does it compare? Well, yeah. there's no comparison. There's no comparison. It's this totally different animal. Um, you're, you're writing alone. You're creating... Uh, you know, soundscapes and textures and moods and uh, melodies that um, that that the film is, is calling for. You know, you you uh, it's a whole different approach. The you know, in a band situation, you know, you take the opinions of every member of the band, and uh, you know, you 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 create a body of work. And, uh, and the, you know, obviously the uh, instrumentation is totally different. Um, you know, in this film, I didn't have to write any heavy uh, metal-esque style of music. Uh, this, was, this was straight up. I had to focus on creating, uh, you know, Cuban music and also some string sections in the more, you know, uh, dramatic and emotional parts of the movie and, um, I had to bring piano in and, you know, uh, several other instruments as well as, you know, like I said, percussion. Mm -hmm. uh, you're almost uh, at that point for film, uh, scoring a film, you're almost in charge of setting a mood, almost. Yes, yes. So they would send me, uh, you know, clips of the film. I, I still haven't seen the entire film. I, I think I want to wait until I see it in a theater. Right. But they would send me clips. I think it range. I, I receive it between thirty and forty cues uh, that I had to write music for, and uh, you know it's uh, it was a challenge. Uh, oh, I bet, but it, it it was definitely worth it. I don't know how the hell I did it or completed it because I was juggling touring with Dead Cross, touring with. Uh, uh, suicidal and doing shows with the misfits with rehearsals with misfits wow. and you know personal life and and mm -hmm. Everything spending else. time in an airport i I, <laughs> I don't know how i did it but wow. you know focusing and and uh with determination and you know just passion you just go forth and, and get it done and start to finish how long does a project like that take will you do it again I don't know how long it actually took, but he contacted me in 2000, uh, December 2017 or possibly November, mm -hmm. and uh, he gave me the heads up that the film is about done and we're ready uh, to start on the music. And uh, I didn't finish it uh, until probably... 10 or 11 months later, mm. you know, we had time. So I was able to do my touring and then come back, work on it, go back out on tour. You know, so it was a lot of sporadic, uh, um, you know, work on this, but uh, we seem to have made it work. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Mm. I loved it. I love, I enjoyed the process. You know, some musicians find it a little, 
unnerving when the director or producer tells you, hey, I don't like this part. You know, yeah. come up with something else. And for me, I find it challenging. Oh, okay, sure. You know, have any ideas, any suggestions? He'll then give me some suggestions. I'll go back to work and then deliver it. Perfect. Let's move on to the next. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it was it was like that. And I would imagine that when like you're saying you're, you're working on some of the projects and then you'd go out and you'd tour with, you know, Dead Cross or whoever it was, and then you come back to that piece that you were working on, I would think that that would be, you know, you get a little bit of a, a, of a fresh take on that and like, maybe it didn't work. Maybe it does work. Maybe you, you've thought about that, that project in that interim, come back and it's, mm-hmm. it's fresh again, almost. Yes. It, it, it was like that. And, and I appreciated you know, the moments that I was able to leave because otherwise, you know, if you spend too much time on something, uh, on a project, you, you develop tunnel vision totally, and you, it doesn't, uh, doesn't help you breathe in, in any way. You're just, you know, overwhelmed by the project. So leaving and returning was helpful. And, and like you said, it was, it was definitely a fresh take on what I was working on. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I would come back and say, you know what? I really don't like that. You know, Hey, piece number 22, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to send you another one. Cause I went back and listened to it and it just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. So here's another one and they would accept it. And, uh, so it was, it was, a, it was good. And I, I, like I said, I would do it again. Yeah. Very, very interesting, man. Very cool. Uh, Dave, I, I, I do want to respect your time. I told you I was be maybe 15, 20 minutes with you. We're getting up there. Uh, is it cool if I snag maybe another 10 with you? Absolutely. Okay. I, I want to kind of get outside of music and of course, you know, what you're known for. We'll get to know you a little bit more here. What are you binge watching lately? When you find the time, if you find the time, what are you watching personally? Um, <laughs> dead files. Um, <laughs> I'm watching, you know, ghost stories. Um, I just saw La Llorona on the plane the other night. I really like horror movies, yeah. but you know, the, the tasteful ones. I, I can't, I can't tolerate, you know, cheesy flicks in the first 15 minutes. If you don't get me, I'm on to the next, you know, I'm just, I'm just like that. So, you know, uh, Basically, just, you know, movies like that, programs like that. I don't really binge watch because I find myself uh, drawn to, to music. So when I'm watching something, um, I'm actually not paying too much attention to dialogue. What I'm paying attention to more is the music. <laughs> and I find that sometimes... Not very helpful when, when, you know, your wife, oh, let's, let's sit and watch a movie, you know, and you're sitting there listening to it, and you're like, uh, I just had an idea. i got to go back upstairs, you know? And, <laughs> totally. And you're like, okay, well, have fun. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll come back down, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later. How's the movie? <laughs> you know, she'll give me the synopsis, and I'm like, great, I'm going back upstairs. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know... Man, I, I just uh, music is just—it's my life, and yeah. and any and meet in different mediums, different bands. The variety of work that I do is very satisfying to my character and my nature. You know, it's just uh, you know my iPod 
uh, you know, or, or iTunes is, is just there. You would be surprised, you know, on the different styles. I bet. And you know, it's um, it's just you got to love all music, man. Yeah. You know, otherwise you pigeonhole yourself and. I don't get people that are like, oh, I don't like that because I don't like that genre. Like, good music's good music. Music, you know, yeah. Yeah. there's something about music. It, it, it literally heals people. It does. It does. And I find it uh, uh, very healing in a lot of ways and, and uh, soothing. Totally. And sometimes even the most, the simplest melodies just puts you in this... Uh, you know, kind of euphoric place. Like, wow, that that is it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. You know, and when it when it pulls it, I'm not talking like vocal music. I'm talking like you know instrumental. You know, instrumentals when you know composers could could pull at your heartstrings, and it's like, oh my god, you know, this piece just you know just crushed me. It, you know, in a good way. It just yeah. felt so good. Yeah, yeah. And and then some music is just plain right disturbing, but not <laughs> disturbing in a bad way, in a good way. You know, where it's man, this makes me. You know, I, I feel like I'm growing demonic wings. Yeah. or something just by listening to this. Like you know? there's something I eerie that. about that. Uh, yeah, that tone or whatever it is, the vibe of that music. I totally know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, big time. And so. Yeah, like you say, there's there's good in all styles of music. Yeah, are you a fan of all the superhero movies that are being made? Um, actually, I, I I'm not a fan. Really? I've seen bits and pieces of the of the movies. They, you know, uh, growing up, I wasn't really into the comic book scene. Mm. Again, my focus was music. Music, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I really just didn't have time for it, yeah. you know. In the back of comic books, I uh, the comic books that I did have, uh, because I, I wasn't into it, but I had a few comic books, you know. In, in the back of the comic books, I remember those mail order shops that you could order like tricks, oh, yeah, jokes, yeah. you know, no. things that you could getting sand kicked know. in your face. Yeah, or you know, here that. Shake your friend's hand. You could, the bu- you could shock the buzzer. him, you know, <laughs> yeah. or the bubble gum that turns into to like black tar. Yeah. Or, you know, the chewing gum that, that turns into a rock. I don't know. It's, that's, <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was on a different path. Uh, hockey cards in the spokes, you know, ruining the, uh, the Gretzky oh, rookie I did card. That. Oh, of course, everybody did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, are you a big conspiracy guy? Do you believe aliens have visited Earth? Yeah, exactly. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Aliens, man, they're out there. How do you think we got here, man? There's a missing link. Something, Something's missing between man and animal, you know, or, or man and ape. So I, I feel possibly an alien came down, fucked an ape, and created humans. There you go. <laughs> not only that but also that, like my the, conclusion man. just the jump you know? in like you know we're like cave dwellers and then suddenly we're building pyramids like overnight right. yeah yeah just, you know, not even cave dwellers because there's still before cave dwellers there's no there's no no link between human and animal there's a there's a missing mm. there's a missing part yeah. you know 
And uh, who knows? I don't know. Well, a lot of people think maybe if it, it might even be like the Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Yeah. Possibly. You never know. Who knows? Sorry, it's unbelievable, man. There's so many mysteries out there. You can't. We don't know what the fuck went on millions of years ago. Totally. You can speculate, yeah. but, you know, nobody yeah. knows. No. Nobody knows. Nope. Speaking of, what are your thoughts on legalized marijuana? Just came to Canada I last year. You know, uh, marijuana, I think, is not a gateway drug. If there is a gateway drug, it would be either nicotine or, or alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, watching someone in your family, oh, my God, I need a cigarette. Fuck, I need a cigarette. Right now, oh, this feels great. Right. You know, and smoking a cigarette. Wait. I don't need to smoke weed to know what addiction is. Right. All I have to do is just watch people. Watch that person having a nick happen. fit. Yeah. Right, right. So to say that, that marijuana is a gateway drug, they were they are highly misinformed and have forgotten alcohol as well. Because I know people that went from alcohol to cocaine. Right. Okay. So we're not uh, <laughs> uh so so where's where's that argument? Uh you know I personally enjoy it, and, yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't take pills. I don't take pharmaceuticals. Uh, I eat healthy. I exercise. I occasionally smoke a little weed. That's it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, think, I feel like I'm in good health. Uh, I'm still playing drums. I'm still sharp. I'm out there doing my thing. What more can you ask for? Mm-hmm. We all die around 80, 90 years old. So, I mean, you can't. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna give yourself too much more time, you know, by abstaining from from no. something they have been saying that is is actually you know good for you. So right, I, I think it's only a matter of time before across North America it's legalized. It has to. It has to. And, well, there's you enough know, Put the regulations. You know, regulate it like totally. like alcohol. Yeah. You know, regulate. You know have programs for alcoholism, you know, for potism, you know, same thing, you know, have your, (laughs) you know, I uh, I can't remember the stat Dave, but there was something like, it was like, you know, Washington state was like, Oh, since we legalized, it's like a billion dollars or something like that, that they brought into health and, you know, education in that state. Colorado. There you go. Boom. There's another one. Have you seen there? I mean, if you've been to Colorado lately, the infrastructure, the roads, the lights, right. everything. It's like, wow, they've really, you know, you know, stepped this place up. It's it's beautiful here. Right. And, uh, and, and that's all the billions it's of dollars. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, Dave, I'll ask you one more question. I'll let you go here. Um, and this could be a, t- a tricky one. Do you have a career highlight? Could you nail it down to one thing? No, I can't. I know, right? Like, how I've impossible been, is my that? My life. It's it's impossible. I've played so many shows, fantastic shows. We just sold out Madison Misfits. Just sold out Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, wow. it's my fourth time playing the Garden. Once with Slayer, twice with uh, Phantomus. We opened up for the Misfits. I mean, uh, we opened up for a Tool. I'm sorry, and then uh, the Misfits, and uh, the, the festivals that I've played with Slayer. You know the. Right. Uh, this documentary is is a highlight. Um, there's 
there's just so much that I feel that my entire life is a highlight. It feels great, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. There, there's low points and high points. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good, yeah. Right on. Well, thank you so much again, Dave, for taking the time to join us. You are at simply the Dave Lombardo online. Easy, yes. Easy thank to you. find you. <laughs> easy. I'm awesome. here, man. Dude, we'll, we'll see you online, and thanks again. Take care, Todd. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.